Okay, cool. All right, I'm starting timer two. All right, here we go. Just to keep it. And here we are. It has been a beautiful day in Dawson City. We'd like to thank the Yukon government and the Mining Alliance for inviting <laughs> us all here. Uh, and we are very lucky. Uh, tonight, uh, Mickey Fulp has agreed to do an at the bar. Usually it's with Brent Cook, but Brent's not here with us this Brent's time. So it's here. just at the bar with Mickey. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll, you know what, I'll just throw it directly to Mickey. Well, and, and it's more than me. <laughs> yeah. We've got Gwen Preston of Resource Maven here and Joe, Joe Mazumdar. I, is that the is That, that the is right? correct. Yeah. Okay. It's a tough one. Yeah. I, uh, I had to ask. Exploration insights. And I, I, I apologize here. I get confused about how to say <laughs> Joe's name once again, his last name. <laughs> but, but you'll notice that we, uh, this is audio only. Audio and video. no video in this one. It's a little bit different. And there's a reason for that. There are too many bloodshot eyes sitting around <laughs> here from our escapades in Dawson City last night. Uh, what yeah, happens I, in Dawson I, stays I, yeah. in Dawson. I can tell you that yeah. the first night you get into town after spending about 48 hours running around in planes in the bush, you can tend to be a little irresponsible with the alcohol. <laughs> That's well, kind of what happens. You know, yeah. we were, we were yeah. in dry camps for <laughs> four yeah. days, three or four days running, and... Uh, and we were due, I guess. Yeah. Overdue. And then Overdue. Dawson. You just get so excited about being in the Yukon and being Dawson and surrounded by this heritage, this history, and all these great properties. You know, it's hard not to kind of celebrate in that camaraderie. And you also end up at the pit, which is a legendary institution, which you should all visit if anyone ever comes to Dawson. Please do check out the pit. I, of course, Diamond Tooth Curries is, is maybe a bit more renowned from a brand standpoint, but the pit has its own certain cachet. appeal. Yes, yeah, cachet. Yeah, certain appeal to insiders. And, and part of the cachet of coming to Dawson City is we came in in a small private plane, and our pilot did a loop around all the dredge piles wow. which go it's for amazing. kilometer after yeah. kilometer here yeah. now i've seen big placer districts for instance yuba city california but i don't think i've ever seen dredge piles any more extensive right. and the other thing here is nothing grows on the dredge piles so you go to northern california and they're all vegetated now mm -hmm. yeah. these are still you really get to see ground. it piles yeah, of rock and you see just how much rock has been moved as these placer miners have just churned through it and they continue to do it because there's and so moved, much gold here. And moved way more than once. Oh yeah, yeah. they've sifted <laughs> but, through it numerous times. And then we've got about 20 million ounces of gold that has come out of the gravel alone yeah. in this one small patch of ground surrounding Dawson City. So it's really extraordinary to and, kind of see no that. And no known source. And no known source. Case. The mother love. Except for white gold, kind of dated to be about the same age, if not the same age as the placer gold, but white gold only has a million ounces so the roots of that system is still to be found yeah yeah yep. cool the legend as we say the, the legend. legend of gold in the yukon the lure and of gold let's uh we could talk about that a bit because the big news up here and it's on everybody's lips is that the gold corp deal closed on tuesday so uh there's a major in the yukon um and it wouldn't really qualify capstone as one so this maybe the first time well that, ken yeah, ross came in and took ross, white gold yeah, but that but they're not doing much with it so yeah yeah no that didn't turn out that way. you did maybe, so, maybe, maybe. so um maybe <laughs> a, a good place to start is not specifically on that deal. I mean, uh, we've all hashed it to death at this point, really. Um, but talking about M&A a little bit in the gold space uh, overall, you know, we saw Santerra and Thompson Creek, um, the Gold Corp Kamenak deal. Um, and so maybe a little insight from each of you on, A, we've seen this huge rally in gold. Um, 
what you think do you think it's sustainable a and I, i've heard ricky off the record talk to me quite at length about his view on the gold prices so we'll get your guys's views on the gold prices and, and we'll maybe also link that a little bit into um is canada hot again our, our our companies really really like i've heard a lot we've heard the rumors about the other two bidders on coffee yeah um and i, I you covered that in our podcast those were ken ross and Nico. Just so everybody yeah. knows. Um, so there are people out there with money looking. So uh, we'll go around the table. Maybe we'll start with Mickey and go over to Joe. Um, and you guys can just uh, riff a little bit on, on on that idea. Well, so the gold price is up, what, uh, 25% this year, something like that. It's uh, been the best next to silver, the biggest move of anything this year. you got to like that. The thing I like about the move up in the gold price is it's been stepwise. It's gone up, we get a little geopolitical vent, knocks it down a bit, but it's doing this. It's not, it's a stepwise rise, it's not an exponential rise, that's healthy. Uh, I think it's got further to go. Somebody asked me the other day, do I think it's going yeah, by, think it's to 1500 by the end of the year? And I go, I hope not, <laughs> because that's too, too, too fast. Yeah. Too much too fast. Uh, the idea of mergers and acquisitions, well, in a r rising environment, looks to me like we're at the early stages of a bull market. I refuse to call it that until, <laughs> until there is a a merger or an acquisition that involves a bidding war and a significant cash component. Right. So, for instance, uh, for instance, Gold Corp didn't, didn't cost them anything. Yeah. Zero dollars. Five days all, of liquidity all, is that deal. All, all yeah. they did was dilute their shareholders. Now, if you're a Kamenak shareholder, you're extremely happy because yeah. you got the bump. And if you were smart and you bought in the bottom, down in the lower time of this market, which is being a contrarian in this business, then you had a huge reward. Yeah. Personally, I wasn't a shareholder of Kamenak, but if I was, I would have sold into that right away because <laughs> I, I I personally don't like major gold miners. I don't think they are very efficient, and I wouldn't want to be a, a shareholder of Gold Corp myself. Uh -huh. So this is this is getting good now. So Gwen, let's move on. Yeah. To, let's let's get going here because Mickey's like, I don't like major gold miners. That's great because I love sound bites like that. Like, I can play them over and over again like a ringtone, which is great. Uh, so so let's move on to Gwen and see if we can get more of these awesome sound of these awesome sound bites. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. I had a couple subscribers certainly write to me and ask. You know, they don't like Gold Corp either. They're not interested. In majors you know should they oppose the deal well no it was a good deal no, you don't in the moment it. and yeah. the fact is you can gold corp shares are cash like you're you selling you're not going to have the deal isn't going to have any impact on gold corp share price so just sell it if you don't want it take the cash and it's all good um so yeah it was a great deal but i, I like your definition of a bull market not actually being defined until we have you know premium cash deals um or bidding wars I, that, that's a cool distinction um gold price yeah i think i uh, Second, what Mickey says about the stepwise move, there's been good consolidation blocks, which is really healthy. Um, the macro environment is just very supportive. I mean, we have negative real rates in a lot of the world or zero rates, and we are probably looking at 
an inflationary environment and we have currencies that are screwed up all over the place. And like basically every, can, every factor that you want to try and support gold, which is uncertainty, um, overpriced markets, central bank omnipotence, like it's all in play. Um, and now what you also have is just a lot of investor interest that's slowly but consistently turning towards gold. I feel like the rally that we've had so far has been fueled primarily by long-time mining investors and insiders, people who are in the industry, who know these cycles, who recognize what was going on early. And we've all been like buying each other's stocks and long-time investors have been waiting for this moment for five long years, so they've been getting in. But now, as the, as the move extends, you get more generalist interest, you get more funds coming in, and what you also get are these massive funds, like, you know, the $100 billion funds, are, act, are saying, we want to get into gold. Those funds take a long time to make a move. Yeah. It takes them forever to turn. It's like an ocean-going freighter, forever to turn <laughs> towards their new target. And then once they do, it takes them forever to figure out where they can even put the billion dollars that they want to invest in our tiny little sector. But that money's all still coming um, because the rationale behind gold is so real. So I think there's some pretty good staying power for this rally. I also hope it doesn't go too much too soon, but yeah, I'm I'm happy. All right, let's let's we're all happy. <laughs> let's surf over to Joe because he's uh, he got there's had a lot to say. Everyone's got a lot going on. So Joe, I, I know we had a conversation earlier, and you you kind of said something similar about majors, where where at Exploration Insights, it's more so on the junior side. You look at like Mickey said, majors. You guys, it's not a you know. I, it's, I, I, it's I work for majors. Yeah, yeah, yeah you work for majors. Yeah, yeah. I know what they're like. Yeah. But I mean, saying that, I mean, uh, Barrick went up almost a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Uh, and uh, that's a multi-billion dollar company, obviously, and very liquid. And so if a junior company can't beat that, invest in Barrick. Yeah. yeah. So you'll, you, we had the, the push in the Newmonts and the Barracks. Yeah. And now a lot of the money is coming, trickling down to the smaller companies. Mm -hmm. But we got to remember a 20 to 25% increase in gold was created like a 120, 130% increase in the GDXJ. Yeah. So you not only have to beat gold, but you have to beat it by more than five times mm -hmm. to beat the GDXJ. Yeah, yeah. So you have to do exceptionally well. Yeah. And so that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big benchmark for these companies. And for these funds to come in, a lot of them can invest in these microcaps. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they have to almost wait for them to go up 500% before they can even consider investing. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, the uh, environment it creates when you've seen gains that you've seen over the last six months where people you, who do, maybe... Do you double down? Yeah, exactly. Or what do you do? You get back out? Off? Yeah. yeah. And also for investors who maybe aren't sophisticated in the space seeing that. Well, what we've right. seen is a lot of, uh, let's say, diluted sophistication come in. Yeah. Where you can explain something to somebody but they won't care because they like the jurisdiction it's yeah. gold it's liquid i'll take it and, and i can't argue yeah. with the uh with the philosophy because if you look at the returns year to date on a company that got taken out yeah kamenak which is a company that didn't get taken out victoria yeah victoria's almost done better yeah. because right. kamenak was locked to gold corp once the uh once the deal was announced and yeah. they didn't go up anymore yeah, yeah and they went up like gold corp. So, so that Victoria's froze, actually that done well. Them, yeah, that yeah. freezes them. Yeah, that's interesting. And so actually, Victoria's done better. Yeah. yeah. But our point in Exploration Insights, we like the Kamenaks and the Reservoirs. And yeah. here I will disagree. 
with uh, my colleague here. Uh-oh. With Mickey. He's pointing at Mickey so everyone Uh-oh. knows. We don't have video, so he's pointing so, at Mickey. Mickey's so he was asking you. for a share component, uh, a, a cash component, mm-hmm. and we did see that with Reservoir. Yeah. yeah. The deal had to That's be up true. Yeah. at 75 million US. You're, you're which exactly me, right. as a Nevson shareholder, yeah. I was uh, not happy about because yeah. I thought the other bid was frankly a bit of a joke. Yeah. It was a Chinese bid yeah. on the yeah. other so, side. So, yeah. But it, it, it rankled the bid enough that got Nevson worried and rightfully so because the bid uh, because the vote was really close. Yeah. It wasn't so going to get across the line 75 the million US was it wasn't well going spent to. with respect to them so I they la- needed to spend it. <laughs> I laugh but, because... but that's 75 million and, and I do stand corrected thank yeah. you there was a deal but 75 million bucks was not very much cash for what they got. For what yeah. they got. It was a two dollar up. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, they've got a lot of cash, and so they have the access to the capital that they could do this. But what we got to consider now is that, yes, there's not much of a cash component in the M&A, but we're not coming far off of the cycle where we've written off 10 to $15 billion. So these guys are coming into this cycle, and their investors are coming in very road-weary of, of bad M&A. Yeah. So they're coming in very wary of M&A. So if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to make a mistake on the shares. I'm not going to make a mistake by addition to cash and then risking my dividends. Yeah. So, so do you think then that future M&A activity is still going to be cash poor? Uh, it will yeah. be until it's forced not to be. Well, that yeah, that's my point. Yeah. At some at some point. But at Reservoir, point, we had that. Right. And it'll be quality that brings that out when we have a multi... We've seen that before, and I discussed this before on BNN or something else, about Gold Standard Ventures, where we say... Oh, can I say that? Sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to say that, because okay. we're not on BNN now. Okay. I said it twice. That's, oh, no, that's we don't okay. care about BNN. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I've said it again. Ah. I'll say it. BNN. <laughs> Okay. It's fine. It's We're acronym for beer now. Now yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And so, and so my point there was that we have we, we usually see, and I done them with with uh, Newmont before, is that we did private placements in companies for footholds, and for lack of a better word, it's like urinating on a tree and marking your territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what we've had is that on Gold Standard Ventures, we'd had one person do that. And then we had another person do it yeah, yeah. on the that's same true. tree. Yeah. And that's really not something that happens often. No. So the multiple urination on these trees, the multiple urination. plus the fact that we had a $2 share price increase with the cash on a quality project in, uh, in, in Serbia, I think uh, bodes well mm-hmm. for the underlying. We're not going to go from zero to 60 that quickly yeah you know yeah. And, and then i would say on the gold price yeah. i'll keep this short is that when you look at the q116 numbers it's not jewelry demand it's not bond claim investment yeah it's not even central banks that are doing this it's etfs yeah, yeah. so if you're running it on etfs it's going to be highly speculative and what goes up can go down okay okay and that's an that's an interesting point it's like nobody's talking about the possibility of it of it going down and you have the fed constantly out there sending weird signals to the market where they're almost trying to force an interest rate to through by the end of the year well uh, yeah i think it's, it's it's driven by by what they say that here's my dot plot or here's yeah. what i'm watching so if the jobs number is as volatile yeah it's driving the discussion which is volatile. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is good for gold so yeah yeah so i think we need cash component and that comes in when we get into bidding wars when people want these assets more than one party wants an asset Mm -hmm. seems to me if as 
the rumor is that it was Ken Ross and Agnico Eagle who also put in bids for Kamenak's mm -hmm. coffee deposit. They must not have wanted it very bad because all they had to do was come in with a ca cash component and a very small incremental raise on the total deal. Maybe not even incremental raise because Hell, I would much rather own Agnico Eagle than Goldcourt myself. <laughs> I that, also, I that's a, that's a mid-tier yeah. producer, not a big behemoth uh, gold producer that has not rewarded shareholders for the last 13 or 14 years. But the point about majors being hesitant to put money out is very valid. The right, the $15 billion in write-downs, like, it's a very yeah, valid oh, no, point. Yeah. It takes a while to sort of gain back some mojo after that, after True. that yeah. stuff. Well, we've seen most of the acquisitions that in Exploration Insights, the four companies we had taken out were taken out by Claude, by by uh, you know a mid-tier, mid which is a silver standard, but really a gold producer yeah. mm -hmm. now, Tahoe and, and Lakeshore, yeah. a silver producer buying a gold asset. Yeah. yeah. So, and then we had a reservoir taken out by a base metal producer. Yeah. And then we had uh, another one I forget. Thompson Creek with the San Terra. No. Something else that I've forgotten yeah. because we're at the bar. <laughs> but, uh, my well, point is that we've seen it not being done by the majors. We've seen it since the mid-tiers mid because the mid-tiers can show growth, but the majors. Can. And the no. mid-tiers came out of the downturn healthier because yeah. they didn't have the big write-downs. Yeah. They were able to control their costs better. They were able to repair their balance well, sheets more much more efficiently. So they were yeah. ready to capitalize. So, so we've looked at, at the idea that their reaches. What? How do I want to say this? A point where a company gets too big. Absolutely. A gold company, and it seems to be about that two million ounces a year threshold. And yeah. once they get above that, it's then just all a hell, hell I, breaks I, loose. I absolutely and, agree. And, 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 and below that, you should you, break uh, up. The mid, and, and we talked about this at PDAC. The real yeah. sweet spot for this coming bull market, or what we think is coming, may be the mid tiers yeah. because those are the ones that are going to try to build up and be major gold producers once they get yeah. past that yeah, two million. Yeah, then you want to sell them that, and go to the next Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of mid-tier companies um, are you guys like keeping your eye on then? Do you even look at mid-tiers? Well, it, that said, my sweet spot oh. in the business <laughs> right now is is shells and startups. There you go. This is, the way, this this is oh, yeah. the way I succeed in the beginning of a bull market. I go in, yeah. I pick my people that have done it well before that, I, that perhaps I've been associated with and and I'm putting money in shells and startups and, and companies with 20 million shares outstanding and a good project with a resource already. That, for me, is where the real growth comes. Well, it's interesting that that's sort of back, which is very good for Vancouver. Good news. That you can Absolutely. do startups. And housing prices. And I've seen some characters come, <laughs> yeah, and housing, and housing prices. But I've seen some characters come back to, let's say, House Street or whatever you want to call it. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, again. there's some, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, dude, some, brains. Some, some familiar faces, <laughs> let's yeah. say. And I don't yeah. know if they were off doing marijuana or something. But yes. I have since. <laughs> Not yeah. But it's also yeah. yeah. If they were doing marijuana deal or they were just doing yeah. marijuana. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Both. 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 One masquerading as the other. Yeah, exactly. We had a lot of time in there. Yeah. No. 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 We won't edit this. 
We don't edit this. But uh, we are out of time. Um, so I'd like to thank our guests. We have Mickey Fulp from uh, Mercenary Geologist. We have Gwen Preston, the Resource Maven, Joel Mazumder from Exploration Insights. And Brent Cook is not here. So it's at the bar with Mickey. We miss you, Brent. That is what it is. So thank you for joining us, everybody. Hey, we, we had no le- four letter bombs from Brent this time. No, I don't have to use my beep buttons. So we're good to go. We're good to go. All right. This is uh, Matthew Keeble signing off from Dawson City. Oh, that was fun.